Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I am here with Alix Vandervorm. Alix is a 23-year-old founder of Clicks, which is a social media network aiming to change social media to enable connection in real life, rather than simply viewing the experiences of others. Alix founded Clicks while at the top of her class at Harvard. As a neuroscience major, she found that there were tons of apps and social media systems using scientific principles to produce and share content online, but none focusing on helping us connect in real life. Her team at Clicks includes top talent from Snap, Meta, Boston Consulting Group, the UK Ministry of Defense, and Gatier, and together they're working to change social media. So cool. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we jump in... Um, why don't you give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am Dutch uh, by nationality, and I grew up in the UK with my mom, uh, where I went to boarding school in the countryside. I then took a gap year, which I enjoyed a lot before college. I became a competitive marathon runner, so I actually won the Newcastle Marathon, which was a lot of fun. Whoa. Um, I, of course, got injured, so I had to pick up a new hobby, mm. at which point I moved to Togo where I worked with a subdivision of the UN on human rights and working on unfair imprisonment and judicial systems there, um, which was fascinating. And I continued that uh, remote, ironically, into my first year of college. Uh, I then went to college in Boston, uh, Harvard, where I majored in neuro. um, And that's really where I started coming across my kind of passion for startups in that I am very much my own target customer. And I thought it was so difficult to schedule things to do with my friends. I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to keep running. I wanted to, you know, study, but I could never find who was free to do the same thing as me at the same time. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's crazy that I can order an Uber in two minutes or like a sweet green in 10 minutes, but to find someone to do something with me at the same time is like this whole spiel. Um, and that's really when I took time out of college, which I'm still on that leave absence to set up clicks and try and build an easier way for us to sync with friends. I love that. So cool. And so true. I feel like scheduling with people is such a situation these days. <laughs> like <laughs> you think everyone's like so easy to connect with post COVID and wanting to hang out. And yet I feel like it can be such a disaster. So um, I love that you created this. Is it just for people who already know each other or is it a way to connect with new people as well? Yeah, really interesting question. It is also a way to connect with new people. So as we started building the app, we realized, wow, sometimes you don't have yet friends that want to do the same activities as you. You know, maybe you went to college with them or high school and they're close to you, but they don't like rock climbing on Friday evenings. So we launched a community feature where you can join local communities to meet people there or match on events you want to do with them. So in Miami, some of our leading communities are 
polka walk, which is a bunch of girls in the city <laughs> who just want to meet other girls, um, or running club, which is runners who want to schedule runs. So we've tried to make it a bit broader that if you do want to meet people with like-minded interests or who like hang out at the same time of day or doing the same thing as you do in your city, you can meet that. Yeah, I feel like that's such a key piece since moving back to Vermont. My husband and I were born and raised in Vermont, and then we lived in San Diego for nine years, and we just moved back. And we still have lots of friends here, but they've all built their own communities over the last decade. And so we're sort of been in this place of seeking out new friends and new people to spend time with. And um, and so, yeah, having that, and I've done mine, a lot of that digitally as well. Through an, there's an app um, for moms called Peanut. Um, where yeah. you can, yeah, where you can meet other moms. And that's been hugely valuable for me to connect with people. So I love what you do. It's so important. Thanks. Yeah. Peanut was definitely a huge inspiration. I think I stumbled upon it about a month ago oh, uh, nice. where I'm right now. And I was like, wow, this is very similar, but for moms and that mm-hmm. I think it's so important for people specifically in cities to be able to tap into communities of people like them. Like, as I said, we all have friends we've accumulated over time who we love dearly but they might not be interested in the same things we are now or be at the same life stage um, and access to those kinds of people who are, who are at where you're at right now, be that in terms of motherhood or in terms of like extracurricular activities like rock climbing, we right. hope to help you find them easier. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Awesome. So let's jump into our topic today. So tell me, give me like a little bit of your connection with the topic of self-awareness and why it's so important in business. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite topics because I think as a young founder, it's very important to be self-aware. Um, and I hope the people I work with would be kind enough to say I aspire to be. Um, as a young founder, I think I, I kind of take it to the furthest lengths in terms of I, I by nature will be inexperienced and will mm-hmm. have many flaws or knowledge gaps or skill gaps. Um, so really in my own perspective, there are two ways you can go with that. You know, you can either kind of be that person who doesn't ask a question when they don't know or who pretends they know something they don't or or covers up what they don't know. But I think the real opportunity is to be aware of what you don't know and make that very clear to the people around you because not only is it much better for your business, but that's also how they'll teach you. Um, And that at school, when I didn't understand, I was always the first person to ask. And I think that very much translates through to business in that there are kind of two components. One is being aware of what you don't know, which is where the self-awareness thing comes in, you know, know your weaknesses, mm-hmm. know what you're good at or not good at. Uh, right before this podcast, I was actually writing an email and I've uh, famously been told my emails are too long. Um, and mm-hmm. so I kindly went to the most short written person on company and said, hey, could you give me a hand? Um, but I think there's knowing what you know and don't know, which is self-awareness. And then there's also acting on that in that sometimes mm-hmm. you do not know something you want to hide it. Um, but I, I very much believe business is even more exaggerated than school where you will suffer more if you don't make that clear. And so the topic means a lot to me because I think companies can be much better oiled machines if everyone's very clear, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is not what I'm not good at. And so I'm going to go find someone who is good at that. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly like you said, in business, we have to, especially for like, I know a lot of our listeners are um, solopreneurs and they're doing a lot of this themselves, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be working with other people who are experts in their area because they're going to do that work better. And when you look at how much money your time is worth, it's like, 
is it worth it to spend 10 hours trying to build your own website? Or is it worth it to pay someone to spend five hours to throw it together for you? And it's going to look better in the end anyway. A hundred percent. And I think one thing that the kind of the first year of my journey into entrepreneurship, people would always kind of chase me on was, you know, at least are you getting enough rest? Like, are you chilling out? Are you doing fun stuff? And I was like, you're one of my investors. You should be telling me to work harder, not take a break. <laughs> Um, but kind of as I continued on that journey, I realized self-awareness very much extends to your energy levels and like where you're at. Like if today isn't a day where you're like the sharpest brain in the box, then, you know, maybe take a day off or maybe do something that doesn't require you to really like think logically. So I'd say self-awareness expands both to like temporal fluctuations, like where you're at that day, you know, are you overworked? Are you underworked? Like, do you have capacity as well as like inherent skill? Is this something I'm I'm good at or not good at. Yeah. It makes me think of, and I'm curious your thoughts on the idea of like fake it till you make it, because I suppose there's an element of self-awareness in knowing that you're faking it, but then doing it anyway. Like, do you, do you think that that's relevant? Do you think it's a good idea to fake it till you make it? I feel like there's a lot of differing opinions on this. Curious. Yeah, there is. Interesting. It's a question I've been asked quite recently. I think I think fake it till you make it isn't the way I would word it. I think okay. that the first thing I said when someone asked me this a couple of days ago was the, it's very key who, you know, if it's people on your team or if it's for your investors or people on the side of the business, that's actively generating things. You should not fake it till you make it. It won't, that very much leans into self-awareness. You know, it's not helpful to say we're X when we're only like half X. Right. So for people who can act, actually help in help you make it, not just fake it to make it, they should definitely know where you're at. But then when you kind of have the other side in terms of like customers or users, that's when I think it gets a bit foggier because obviously part of what many businesses try and do is build a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, you want your users to trust that you can provide a good product. Like a great example that I came across is I stumbled across a, a cool clothing company a couple of weeks ago and they didn't make any of their products. It was jean jackets until they got a full complete batch order to try and reduce waste in fashion. So when they hit 200, they would then go and make it. You know, you could argue that's faking it until they make it. True. They showed the photo of something that literally doesn't exist yet. You can't buy it. They're going to make it once you click buy. Um, I think that's like a very key dis- distinction for me in terms of if you're helping make it or helping establish confidence in your user or customer that will result in them getting a better experience and them getting a better product. Yes, for sure, you should do that. Um, but only in a way that actually helps them and isn't dishonest, but there's obviously a clear difference. And I think that's why the person you're faking it to is very important. Yeah. I feel like that's, I like your example because I also feel like that's very value-based, right? So it's like, I'm making this very intentional choice because it's aligned with our business values. And like, we don't want to waste product. And so we do it this way, even though it may appear one way, it actually is supporting our business. And so I love that idea of coming back to not just your self-awareness, but your values. And like, what does that, what does that look like for you in terms of the steps you're going to take to move forward? Yeah, a hundred percent. And values is another core concept of self-awareness to really know what, like what you care about and what you're working towards. You have to know like what the that is key to self-awareness, in my opinion. Yeah, totally agreed. So tell me a little bit about how you've seen self-awareness. Like, give me some examples of how your self-awareness has benefited your business. I'd love some specifics. I feel like that'll be helpful for listeners. 
Yeah, that's an awesome question. I think the the easiest thing that comes to mind is I don't have a ton of experience coding. Um, mm. I make you know, computational neuro, but that, that isn't the same as Swift UI, for example, the language that's used to code apps on iPhones. And what I'm always very aware of is my weaknesses on the technological front. I'm I'm not a technical founder. And so I always make sure in, in engineering calls and our daily stand-ups that I go out of my way to A, make very clear to people that I'm very uh, unknowledgeable mm-hmm. um, and B, try and clar- clarify that when I can. And I think as a leader that has multiple benefits, the most obvious is that I end up learning, right? If you ask, you learn and, and you improve and eventually you do have the knowledge, uh, which has been cool to see develop over the past year. But also I think, when someone sees like humility in the person leading them, that takes the pressure off the team. Because what I've seen in a lot of other businesses is there can be like bravado or things that are done for show, which means the people below you will follow those same attributes. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like if you never admit weakness or never show if something's unclear or don't express, hey, this isn't something I'm very good at the team below you is likely not to feel comfortable expressing, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just not good at this thing. Can someone help me? Um, and I think that's the clearest way that I've tried to benefit my business is always being the one to be like, guys, I have no idea. I'm an idiot. Please help. Um, because that means when other engineers come across a stumbling block where they don't know how to code a line or a specific parameter or whatever, they have no fear to ask someone else, hey, guys, I have no idea how to do this. Please explain. Um, and I think that's probably my favorite example because I always enjoy uh, emphasizing how little I know because it makes everyone laugh a lot, which is always yeah. <laughs> nice cause for amusement um so let's say that's an example i let me think examples where self-awareness helps i think being aware when listening to feedback is also very important Mm -hmm. i don't know like what kind of businesses our listeners are building but customer feedback is generally pretty core to all businesses uh and what i was actually discussing with one of my colleagues earlier today is early on, it's very easy to listen to the good things people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course, you want to hear them and it feels great. You know, you built a product and people love it and that's phenomenal. Um, but not always do people have the full picture as you do. You know, maybe they're the only user that liked that feature and everyone else thought it was confusing. Or maybe they're only saying this because they want to be nice to you and make you feel good, but it's not make them feel good. Um, and being aware of, you know, user feedback like when is it valid and when is it more kind of them saying nice things mm-hmm. uh for me it's also been very important i now try and listen to positive feedback a little bit less than i used to um as i'm aware that there's always at least at my stage so much to improve um and keeping that awareness front of mind i think it's very important so otherwise your business could get sidetracked yeah, completely agreed. I think, and it, I think it doesn't matter what size your business is. There's always stuff to be improved and there's always feedback to be taken in. And it can be so difficult to hear, especially from customers or clients who you want to serve at your highest, who come back and say something negative. But having that, having that as like having the awareness of also that doesn't make mean that I'm bad at what I do, or it doesn't mean that I'm not doing what I do well. It just means there's room for opportunity. I mean, there's, opportunity for growth. And that's always, that's an exciting thing. It can be exciting if we allow it to be. A hundred percent. And the reason like that I mentioned this, one of my favorite topics is because obviously being a young founder, one of my favorite things is people feeling they can start things young or be that inexperienced if they change industries, you know, that's the same as young almost in that industry. And I think the more people normalize 
express self-awareness and expressing where they don't quite understand something or measure up or don't have a skill or equally do have a skill, the more we can kind of like destigmatize young people in business. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what I've seen is like culturally, we're very much shifting to industries where people understand it's like work ethic or like rate of change and rate of improvement and like passion that ultimately wins at the end of the day, not the inherent skill you work, walk in with, you know, right. who's going to do better. Someone who understands what they're not good at stays till like 8 PM to try and fix that. Or someone who knows what they're really good at and leaves it for, but doesn't really look into the stuff they can't yet master. Um, and I think the more people are self-aware and feel comfortable expressing that, the more people will be able to like pursue businesses where they really have passion, if not yet experience, but you can't get experience unless you try. Right. Yeah. I love that point. And if there are, cause it can be hard, you know, sort of as we've alluded to with that self-awareness, like admitting to yourself or to others that, you know, you, it's easy to admit our strengths and be aware of that, but to build self-awareness around our weakness and really own that. Do you have any tips for listeners in terms of really being self-aware of maybe your areas of weakness and how you can, how you can really like own that and, and almost use that as a strength? Good question. I would say, I would say the things where you're unsure or feel confused is always very much going to be an area of weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, so whenever you, you're not quite sure about something or you're spending more time on something, I would consider, you know, is this weakness? Am I struggling on this because I don't know enough about this? Or am I struggling on this just because it's a difficult thing to do? Um, so I think working out which parts of your business take the most time and then or, and then look into, is this a normal length of time for the task? Or is it because this isn't really my strength or I don't know a lot about it? Um, and I'd probably say that or when you often hear people saying things you don't fully understand, like me with engineering, uh, me not fully understanding is a pretty easy way of working out. That's not my area of strength, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And then on the flip side, give us like an example of how you really own your strengths, like how you are aware, obviously self-awareness is a strength of yours, but like, you know, what else do you consider a strength and like, how do you really own that as a, you know, a leader and a a business owner? Mm, I think kind of builds on the point. I think one of my key strengths is I like things sense of humor. Mm. Um, And I think coming to work should hundred percent be fun. Part of startup is, you know, building something you're passionate about and that should also extend to like enjoying the work environment. Um, So I always very much try and make people laugh, hopefully some success. Mm -hmm. Um, and so knowing that that's one of my strengths and feeling confident enough to use it in the work environment, I think is something I'm very grateful for. Um, also interpersonal relationships in terms of like, actually, you know, knowing more about the person you work with, you know, do they have kids? Well, they do at the weekend. Like, what is their hobby? What event would they go to if they could be friends with someone on clicks? Stuff like that. I really enjoy um, more like the personal management side of things of being a CEO. Um, and so giving myself the time to spend more focus on that. Um, in that I know that's my strength. So it's good to spend some time investing in people and caring about them and letting them know like you and the business care about them and the business is a family as much as it is like a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the idea too, of when we have that self-awareness, we can build our role around the things that we really enjoy and we're really good at. 
And that's going to help us. That's going to help our business grow, right? Like knowing what we're great at and building it around that versus like constantly trying to play that catch up game or constantly trying to pretend like we know what we don't know is exhausting and not very fun. And, and that's what's so key is it's not just exhausting for you, but it's exhausting for your business because mm-hmm. maybe you're there spending the whole day trying to figure out, I don't know, some Excel graph and the guy next to you is an Excel ninja and would take an hour. Like not only has that been a pretty sucky day for you, but if you just been clear that you're good and bad at X and Y and he's bad and good at X and Y, you guys could have like shared skills. And so I think understanding that self-awareness isn't a weakness, mm-hmm. but one of the core strengths will help you build your own skills and your business grow is super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have any last like tips or suggestions for our listeners about self-awareness and how they can use it to grow their business or make their business better? Mm-hmm. I would say my key tip is having an understanding that everyone wants to be better and be the best version of themselves. And if we do hide what we're not good at or try not to look into that too much, it is because we want to, we want to try and be the best we can be and focus on that. But I would really kind of flip that on its head and see the way I can be the best I can be is quickly identify what I'm not good at and fix that Mm -hmm. or what I'm good at and invest in that. And so my best piece of advice would be that understand self-awareness isn't necessarily like a fluffy concept that it sounds like or something nice to have or spiritual, but it's actually a key way to drive business metric success. Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as you can do that, I think it's easier for someone to want to spend time on in a business setting. Yep. Absolutely. I totally agree. And this may, then maybe that was your gem, but I'll ask if there was one gem, whether it's about self-awareness or anything else in business that you know, if listeners were to walk away with nothing else but this, what what might that be? It's hard not to go for something cheesy, but mm. I would say it slightly pulls on the self-awareness topic, which is kind of relating to failure and that it's very easy to fail and think something's not going anywhere. But the one thing I would emphasize is none of the names you hear or the successful businesses you see or the people you admire got there without being able to consistently get over hundreds of failures. Mm-hmm. Um, so bearing in mind that failure is a necessity on the road to success. Like, there was no way to have a road to success without failures on it. I found super helpful in like keeping my confidence and passion for what I'm solving. Yeah, so true. We have to be ready and willing to fail. Like I think, I think about that all the time. Like right now, my um, husband and I are sort of like shifting our business a little bit because we've had some clients pull back for their own reasons. Um, and so now it's like, okay, we have this opportunity to figure out what we want to do. And we can feel maybe like we're taking a step back because our revenue is shifting a little bit. And maybe this isn't a huge growth year for us, but I keep reminding myself, like every single business has been here before every single successful business has been in this place. Like it is actually vital to be in this place to be successful. And yeah, that helps keep me going when I'm feeling like stressed or anxious about where we are and knowing that like, we're sort of in that refiguring out stage. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. That's a really good example. So shifting gears a little bit, tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. I think what I've been getting intentional about the past month is finding more time to work out. And as I mentioned, I used to run professionally. And then when 
I got into clicks, suddenly there was always like a reason not to, you know, another email to send or something else. Mm-hmm. And I care about my business more than anything. So I thought, you know, working out with my old passion, this is my new passion. But I think living a balanced lifestyle, as cheesy as that sounds, I hate mm-hmm. to come out with such platitudes, um, has really helped me because it just makes the whole thing much more sustainable. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've been intentional about finding, you know, on 30, 60 minutes to go for a run or go bike in the sun, um, which has been really, really good. Yeah, that's actually really funny you say that. I just report, recorded a podcast before this, and she also is getting intentional about making time to work out. And she's also the founder of a company. So kind of funny. We're all on the same page today. Um, and where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? My Instagram is AlixVDV, so A-L-Y-X-V-D-V, um, where I'm always open to DMs. Um, and the Clicks Instagram is app. APP. So either of those, always feel free to reach out. Um, Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you guys. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.